Today, I um, am settling on the title of the message, but I've, I've got two words from Hebrews 11, by faith, by faith. I was thinking about this past week, and uh, not, nothing in particular, but as I was preparing for the message, I thought, you know, I'm 40, it's not like I've got a ton of life lessons to teach you. Well, I, I do, but you may just not trust me if you're, you know, in your 70s. You're like, oh, there's more to the story on that lesson. So I understand, all right? I, I have limited expertise, and so I'm coming to you humbly today. But I want to say one of the life lessons for my spiritual walk that's influenced every arena of my life is faith. Now, there's a saving faith. I personally love to use the term allegiance when it comes to that. Saving faith, salvation. Man, God renews being born again. It's new life. That's important. <laughs> very, very important. And it's a gift. It's freely given. We can't earn it. We may think we can earn it. We can't earn it. It is given to us from God. It is the life, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus. It is the saving grace. And when we receive that and surrender and decide to follow him, we call that salvation. But one element or one dynamic that's helped me continue to grow in almost every season of life is faith. And when I say faith, I mean that Hebrews 11 faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, we can bring it up. And I'll share quickly that verse with you. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. If you have your Bibles in front of you, it'll read in verse 2. This is what the ancients were commended for. And the ancients that the author of Hebrews is referencing is a list of the earliest followers of God out of Genesis 11 and all the way through the Old Testament. The author of Hebrews is encouraging a people living in uncertain times of a certain God who is faithful, who is committed to his promises, who is committed to his word in and over your life. But one of the things I've realized is, while I receive purely the saving grace of God, at the same time, the response I'm to give is faith. It's to trust God. It's to take his word for granted. Like, he said it, I'm going to believe it, and you're going to see fruit of it in my life. Is it going to be perfect? No. But hopefully, you see more and more and more faith as the journey goes. Perhaps a, a simpler and more vivid way to describe the, the, the faith or the substance I'm talking about today is to think about probably your favorite subject matter, exercise. Do I know you or do I know you? Come on, man. You're in the right place. <laughs> All right, as you can tell, it's my favorite topic. <laughs> a, a, a food story didn't come to mind, so we'll settle for second best exercise. But one thing I've noticed 
I've learned this the last couple, couple of years. I had a revelation. Actually, I didn't have it on my own. I was watching other people in the gym. And I was like, they don't seem to be nearly as long as I am on the treadmill. How come they look half my size? And yes, I know that's an eating problem. Yes. But nonetheless, they don't even touch the treadmill. They spend all their time doing these things called planks. You heard of planks? How many of you are older enough? Do you remember the social media phenomena of planking? Why did that stop? Right? That's a, that's a rabbit trail for another time. But planking works out a set of muscles called your core muscles. Now, in my soccer playing days, all I knew was sit-ups and push-ups. They never even referenced the core muscles. But that's what we were working out because our coaches knew, and most sports, professional sport athletes know that if you can get your core strength up, Here's what's crazy. It influences every arena of working out. My least favorite portion of the week, physically, is the smallest window of time. It's the shortest workout I ever do. It's core workouts. And I'm so strong, so healthy, it only takes me 10 minutes. (laughs) It also may be the caveat that I can only make it 10 minutes because my core is so weak. Nonetheless, I've noticed that when I've incorporated twice a week, I kid you not, 10 minutes, I've noticed that life just goes better. My back doesn't ache as much. My ankles, my knees, my legs can keep up with my running. My neck, everything just feels better after a workout than if I take them out. Here's what I'm getting at. Core muscles, as we move in our relationship with God, core muscles are faith. Are faith muscles that we exercise. What's remarkable, so many times after that saving grace in Christ, there's a honeymoon phase. And we're, we're, we're moving forward, we're partnering with God, but somewhere in the line of life could be a disappointment, could be a, a hurt, could be a missed expectation, we begin to take the brakes off trusting God. We begin to take the brakes of taking more territory for the kingdom of God and stepping into the promises of God. I'll give you a short example. Israel. Israel was delivered by Moses. This is also in the early parts of the Bible in the book of Exodus. It's the entire Exodus journey. Coming out of Egypt taken into the wilderness. But you know this, if if you've read this portion of Scripture, an entire generation never made it into the promised land. What was it? The giants were too big. The uncertainty of the times overwhelmed them. And I want to just encourage you today that in uncertain times you have a certain God. And not to let disappointment Fear, missed expectations, take too much root in your soul. Grieve, absolutely. Be a little disappointed, of course. You have total permission. Have a little doubt, oh my goodness, welcome. Absolutely, no problem. But don't let it take root in your soul. 
I've seen some people step out by faith for 24 hours. And then they're like, I'm done. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to pray every day. Made it two days and God didn't change everything, so I'm done. That's That's a fast food faith. We're not about a fast food faith. What the ancients were commended for was a trust in God that where he was leading them would come to pass. That the promises that he's spoken would not only be revealed, but come into their life as they trusted God day by day. Steadily moving forward, steadily walking towards his promise. Hebrews 11, it it reads, I grew up in our church culture, we called Hebrews 11 the hall of faith. It's not as entertaining as the rock and roll hall of fame, but it's way more meaningful as it's the inspired word of God for our soul. So it can do a lot more difference than those Queen Foo Fighter songs could ever do, okay? It is the truth of God's word. And listen to me, Hebrews 11, it reads like a hall of fame. Hebrews 11, if you have it with you, you can open up. I'll move pretty rapidly. I've got it up on the screen, just some of the reference points. But notice the two words, by faith, creation. By faith, creation occurred. By faith, we read that Abel brought a sacrifice. That was the difference point between Cain and Abel. One was by faith. It was the first fruit, so to speak. Actually, for him, it was the first It was the tithe of his cattle. It was by faith. That's where God's getting our thinking in that story. By faith, Enoch, which is a very mysterious, supernatural story, but it was by faith, Enoch lived life so closely, so nearly before God, kept himself in a sense of holiness, internally and externally. It was by faith that he lived that journey. By faith, Noah, we know know Noah. Some of us, we got to stretch ourselves back to remember the story of Noah, maybe if you grew up in church. But by faith, we know that Noah kept himself holy and favorable when the scriptures say that all the earth was stuck in sin cycles, that every thought, every desire of their heart was for evil. Crazy. Noah, what did he do? By faith, he kept himself. Not only that, when the Lord whispered to him, the Lord commanded him to build an ark. It was by faith. Sometimes I like to think, God is my consistency, is my faithfulness patient like Noah was. Y'all, that's crazy. You talk about a bad weather forecast. I mean, weathermen get, and women get paid ridiculous amounts to be right. What is it, like 8% of the time? You know what I mean? Did you imagine Noah? He's like, all right, God, it's, it's a little over 100 years, 120 years here and, and no rain. What did he do? He took ground by faith. By faith, Abraham, we read his story in the mid parts of Genesis. By faith, Isaac, his son. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. You talk about some crazy faith. You've got Joseph with the favor of God in his life in a pit. Things will get better. God's got me. God's going to lead me through. You never hear Joseph complaining. You never hear his discouragement. You never hear his frustration or fear. You just see this consistency. No matter what station in life, he would take his future 
by faith. So much so that you remember the story of Joseph, which is a lesson in pain, disappointment, heartache, betrayal. And what is Joseph's ending story? Oh, you use this for harm, but God uses this for good. Those stories are there by faith. By faith. And Hebrews would commend us. It's like a substance. You know this. You just may never have had this thought. But faith and fear are similar. Faith sees the future with God. Fear sees the future God forsaken. And we're invited into that story almost every day. Almost every week there's a new level, a new layer. A new invitation by God to trust Him. And to stand firm on his promises and his words. By faith, Moses' parents, that's also ridiculous. When you get the orders to kill your kids, and they're like, nah, nope. That'd make a good movie, wouldn't it? Nope. No, okay. He just said, nope, Moses' parents. Moses, in his journey, by faith, by faith, by faith. I mean, the audacity, the crazy faith to show up to the people of Israel said, oh, by the way, I'm here on God's behalf. And then when things get worse, trust God, stand by faith. By faith, the Red Sea parted. Remarkable, remarkable. And Hebrews 11, we, we, we keep coming back to Scripture, we keep holding to Scripture, because we must understand that Hebrews is a church under fire. It's a church in uncertain times. And Hebrews comes along and says, listen, 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 by faith. You take the ground in front of you by faith. It's a promised land that faith takes. It's a promised land, excuse me, that faith takes. So I want to spend some time sharing some faith stories with you. I want to spend just a few moments on uh, a mix of personal stories, but also other people's stories that hopefully encourage your faith. I had a moment with the Lord just reflecting um, on life. How many of you know, when you're reflecting on life, it's good to have the Lord nearby sometimes. <laughs> Kelly and I, not this week, but last week, we, we did uh, one of two or three trips we make up to Little Nashville in Brown County. You familiar with it? Well, there's an exit about 40 minutes north of here called Seymour. Seymour was a town. Farming town, John Mellencamp fans, small town, all right, that's his, his hometown. Well, Seymour was blessed by my presence. <laughs> and they've never been the same since, no, okay. <laughs> I've never been the same since, no. My, my dad took a pastorate at the time. Life was good, things were good, and I, we went up to Brown County, Kelly and I had lunch, shopped around a few stores, just slowed the day down, just enjoyed some time. And I said, hey, I said, let, let me drive through Seymour again. Second time in eight years, okay? I don't go back a time. But we took the exit, we drove through. I said, oh man, we gotta go by. We gotta go by the, the house of my high school and early college years. So we went by, took a little picture, and I didn't think much about it. We came home Friday and, you know, picked up our girls, got, you know, running through the weekend. Well, this, this early this past week, I was looking at that photo, and I was looking at the, the, the photo of my bedroom of high school, and the Lord just began to speak to me. He said, Paul, he said, Paul you, there were a lot of things you learned there. I said, I said there were. <laughs> I, lo I learned 
the presence of God in that home. I learned um, studying scripture and learning to have a passion for the things of the Lord and grow in relationship with him. I also learned how to, you know, make mistakes and get better, make mistakes and heal. I learned the story of faithfulness and, and consistency, you know, as well as all the things you learn in high school, somebody, which we'll leave off the table for quicker purposes. But it was like the Holy Spirit whispered to me. He said, you know, every moment since then has been by faith. It just like registered with me. He said, to state the obvious, Paul, you don't live in that house anymore. He said, you don't live in that room anymore. He said, do you know the last 20 years of your life Every step has been by faith. It's not been by luck. It's not been by good fortune. It's not been by happenstance. Certainly hasn't happened by being a trust fund baby. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But it was all by faith. I began to think, God, you may be onto something. I'm all just reflecting, but he, he just reminded me. He said, every, every place your foot is treaded, it's ground that you've taken by faith. I remember going to college by faith. I remember staying in college by faith. Like, there is a finish line, right? Somewhere in here. I remember going my freshman year and then transferring colleges my sophomore year just because I wanted to, you know, keep seeking God, keep a passion for Him, and the Lord had just orchestrated some things. I remember transferring by faith. I remember after college, Moving back for a season, but then moving by Florida. And good Lord, you talk by faith. I remember at the time I was serving tables, so I switched from this restaurant, which was known, to the restaurant they had down in Florida. And just worked it by faith, trusted by faith that God was up to something that if he said it, I could believe it, I could trust it, as mysterious and strange as it sounds. And I remember I took a job by faith. I'll never forget, I switched from serving tables to working at a bank with my ministry degree. I remember feeling so forsaken and frustrated, but I had people in my life say, man, hang on, hold on, don't try to rush things, just stay steady, by faith the ground's taken. I'll never forget in the, in the back of an AmSouth bank at the time, before it was Regions, on 30A in Seagrove, Florida, in the break room, having a call with my pastor, who's still my pastor today, one of our overseers. And this will give you some perspective. <laughs> hey, I think I'm ready to take the job. I think I could do young adults. Okay, great. Well, how much would you need to be paid? I was a king negotiator. So oh, at least 10 an hour. I'm going to at least need $10 an hour. <laughs> and he said, done. We could do it. But we had been forming relationship. We had been growing and was there a young adults ministry for me to step into and inherit? No. It was the, the, the difficulty of square one. <laughs> so how many young adults do you have? Uh, we have no idea. But here's a list of names and number. My first few days of work, it was just chalking up a phone bill by calling people. We called people back then. We didn't just text them, you know. No social media. It was all ground taken by faith. And that role would shift into a campus pastor role and shift into a church plant eventually up here. But I remember by faith, first day on the job, going to a newcomer's lunch, meeting the woman of my dreams, my wife, who had 
by faith, delayed coming to the newcomer's lunch <laughs> three months in a row. It was destiny. Literally, it was. We were at Destiny Worship Center in Florida, uh, pun intended. But it was ground taken by faith. And so as I went, went back to... Went back to Seymour, I'm like looking at, at, at that room, and it was like, the Lord just quickened, man, that was for such a season. But can I tell you something? If we're not careful, we're hanging out in the bedroom in Seymour, Indiana. Yeah. And God's like, look, man, the last 20 years, the ground that I've called you to take, it comes by faith, which faith looks, and it can't see it clearly. It, it, sometimes it's just a silhouette in your mind that the Lord's called you to. For Abraham, it was go. And here, let me encourage you, go into the land you know not of, but I will show you the way. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's like, Lord, could you develop some negotiation skills? Because what I read in the Old Testament is pretty ridiculous. You just told people, go, and they had the audacity to trust you and go. Like, you know, you know, sometimes God asks us to do something, or he asks us to take a step out, and we're like, well... Listen, I'll be more confident if I have everything I need before I step out. Welcome to Christianity. It does not happen that way. But what I've noticed, though, is sometimes we, we, we lose the zeal for the ground before us. We lose the zeal. We, we, we camp out. We are like the tribes. You know, not every tribe went into the promised land. There were tribes who settled on the other side of the river near it they could see it but they didn't step into it they preferred the land just outside the promised land many many believers are saved no doubt about it they've got a good direction in their life but they are put off by the concept of following a living breathing god they're satisfied with doctrine. They're a little fearful of relationship. But every book of the Bible, every story of the Bible, you see God activated in relationship, in and through faith, trusting God. It takes faith to do just about everything in our walk with God. Many of you are here by faith. You had no clue what you were stepping into at Hillside Church. But you stepped out by faith, you heard a whisper, you got a mailer, you saw a social media post, one of your friends invited you, God bless him. And by faith, God connected you, God brought you into a relationship, God begins to move, he begins to put people to encourage you and equip you. It's, it's land we take. By faith, I was thinking about, as I think about uh, faith stories, I think about actually one story in Florida that was coming to my mind as I was thinking about exercising our faith, trusting God. I mean, this, this, one's, this one's pretty ridiculous, but amazing. Um, there was a, our, our accountant at the time when I first started, um, her and her husband had struggled to have children for several years. And, uh, you know, when it, when it came to that area of life, they, they were disappointed, they were grieving, they felt a little bit backed into a corner, like, okay, God, when? Very, very difficult part of, part of life. Well, their hometown was in Louisiana, and they went on a visit just to, back to visit their family and their parents, and one Saturday, 
They stopped by a yard sale. And for whatever reason, on that Saturday in their hometown, at that yard sale, they felt the unction to buy kids' toys, kids' clothes. No baby on the horizon, no children. Dr. Adam completely ruled it out, but they were struggling. But here's what they did with their struggle. They just kept that door cracked open to God. So they bought these things, put them in their car. They're driving over on a Saturday. Come to church this Sunday. On the Monday morning, a lady had given up her baby for adoption. It was an emergency case. Only time I've ever heard of a baby somewhat literally being dropped at the front door of a church. And the family that was connected said, do you have anybody that could take this baby in? My pastor had one call <laughs> to this couple that had 48 hours earlier went to that yard sale for some strange, ridiculous reason, bought those items, brought them home, and just put them in that room. It's a faith story. It's, it's ridiculous. But can I tell you what it is? It's the movement of God in people's lives. They refuse to just settle for a words on a page, but they were exercising their faith muscles. And can I be honest with you? It should be quite normal for us. Maybe not stories like that, but it should be quite normal. And I, sometimes I wonder, if I think about myself, I've had seasons of not core faith muscles, couch potato faith muscles. It was convenient watching other people's stories. It was convenient preaching just words from a page, but words I still couldn't quite trust. But as I've grown in the reality of the goodness of God, and as I've heard too much to not believe, it's given me a confidence and a grace to trust the Lord. I've seen too much. I've experienced too much. I remember hearing the story of um, the, the pastor who planted Lakewood Church. Joel Osteen's now the pastor, but his father, John Osteen, laid the foundation for that church. He went from having a church well over a thousand in a well-known denomination to trusting the Lord because of just the faith message, trusting God message. He had a shift. He pivoted. He had 90 people. How many of you know, going from about 11, 1,200 people to 90 people, there's, there's a bit of a gap. But he took that ground by faith. And I remember one particular story hearing John Osteen had just had heart surgery. Tremendous difficulty. He made it through, and his first order was to have one of his kids bring his running clothes. And so every time he woke up in that surgical room, you know, in that hospital room, he wanted to see his future. It was a little small moment, but surely it wasn't long after that that he put on his running shorts, put on his running shoes, and was out there again running. Sounds silly, but can I tell you, Scripture tells us to keep, to keep the Lord before us. To keep the Lord before us. Isaiah 26.3, we can bring that up. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. 
I couldn't care less if you got a broken leg and what do you do? You just put some running clothes out there. As a reminder, God, that's right. I'm going to keep my mind on you. I'm going to keep my heart trusting you. I'm going to stay in faith. I'm going to believe that, God, you can do things. I mean, it's remarkable. A little, little story that happened for me a few months ago in the middle of June. I was a little discouraged, some walking through some things, some frustrated about some things in June. Don't worry, that's not a surprise. That happens weekly. It's not, it's not you, it's me, okay? But I remember um, <laughs> in June, where we live, we, we make, I make too many trips to J.C. Grocery Store. And I remember that day, I think I had to get some mayonnaise. Come on, you need some mayonnaise on your hamburgers. Well, I remember I needed to go get some mayo. I picked up some mayo. And I was walking around the produce. I was getting ready to check out. And the Lord whispered to me. He said, you see that man? I want you to go talk to him. I said, no, sir. And I just kept walking. And I I felt it again. And I said, there is not a chance because I I don't want to make dinner late. I want to, you know, I got to go. And I I don't know how to say it. I just felt like such, such a, uh, it wasn't a burning passion because I was tremendously reluctant. I felt like God said, you've got to go now. You've got to do this. And uh, I felt like, man, let me, let me whoop out a Moses playbook. But, but, but I can't talk, God. I, that's a, <laughs> you know, and he's like, I don't care. Go. I remember this guy had his app open. He was picking groceries, you know, um, earning a little money on the side, I, I, I suppose. And, um, uh, oh, or doing it for his, his parents, either way. I went to him and I, I looked at him and I said, hey, this is, this is your pastor of great faith. Um, I looked at him and I said, hey, um, this is going to sound really crazy, man. Uh, this is so strange. I was thinking, I really don't even want to do this. Um, but I was looking at him and I'm like, man, this is, good. This is weird. I'm just going to say it. I, this may come as a surprise to you. And I looked him in the eye and I said, God wanted me to let you know he's not done with you. He loves you. He's not done with you. And I don't know how that lands with you. We don't even, really, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm just here to tell you, (laughs) God is not done with you. He has a hope. He has a future. And when I like to give prophetic words, I love for them to be like, at least a little something. God, give me some detail. He always prompts me with seemingly the most generic, you know, words. Like, ah, you think that's a test. Well, I'm going to give you basically nothing. But he told me. He's like, look, tell the guy I love him. I'm not done with him. I was, I'd never seen the guy before. And I said, I said it. And I didn't even invite him to church, y'all. You know, I wanted to be like, yeah, I go to First Baptist. You know, you want to go down there? Don't go to my church. You know, we're not all this crazy. And uh, he was like, Here, here's, the, here's, here's the response I got. Man, all right, man. That is crazy. And then he goes, then he goes, then he goes hey, what's your name? And I said, uh, it's Paul. It's Paul. And that... That is all the conversation we had. I'd never seen him. And here's what God does. God sets me up. I still haven't talked to him, but I kid you not, for the rest of June, for the rest of July, at Planet Fitness, 15 miles away, guess who I kept crossing every single time? Never seen the guy in my life. I'm convinced it's a God setup. <clears throat> but here's all I know. It's a walking memorial to him that a somewhat timid in the moment, 
reluctant pastor looked him in the eye and said, God's not done with you yet. And I didn't show off like, hey, it's me again. You know, <laughs> God wants to let you know. No, I just walked on by. I tried to play it cool. I just walked. But here's what I thought. I thought, man, every time he sees me working out, every time we cross paths, I, I could see we, we'd make brief eye contact. I, I didn't just want to, you know, embarrass him. I certainly didn't want to be embarrassed by him. But I thought, isn't that just like God? There will come a time, I know there will come a time where the Lord's going to reap a harvest from just stepping out. Let me also say that for some of you that, that that comes a little naturally, that does not come naturally to me. I can count on one hand uh, the amount of times I've done that. But what is that? It's a by faith moment. It's a by faith. I wouldn't have even recognized the guy at the gym. He had some buddies he was working out with. I'd, when I say I'd never seen him, and I, since July, I ain't seen him since. But I thought, man, that, that's a God story. That's how the Lord works. That's how he provides. There's ground in your life that it, you can't just settle for, man, I gave my heart to Christ 15 years ago. That's your history. Your testimony is the story, the faith moments he's inviting you into now. You know, let's pretend your spiritual life is in a room and you're behind the desk, right? And on the wall, you've got a certificate saying you were saved. A lot of people operate, a lot of people operate, doctors, you know, theologians are the big ones, pastors, sometimes in their office, they want to show you all their trophies or all the things framed. You know, our spiritual life doesn't function like that. You can't say, look, in 1966, I got the salvation degree. He, he's ready today to lead us, to guide us, to encourage us to take ground by faith. We had a, a couple in our church, one of the guys, or the husband, excuse me, met me for coffee. I mean, God's, God's just up to things. He, he met me for coffee, and um, I didn't know what it was about. But we were just grabbing coffee, and we chatted, connected in life, and conversation for a while. And then, then, then he, looked, he looked at me. He was like, yeah, man, you know, we, we came for a while, and um, you, would, you would preach. And then sometimes you would say some things about the tithe and the offering. And he said, I, you know, that's just never really been part of our story, never been anything we, we, we did. I was like, great, okay. <laughs> that's what pastors love to hear. No, I'm, so he's... He's sharing. I was like, oh, okay. He said, but yeah, you know, we, um, we, we started that a few, few months ago. I said, oh, man, well, good, good for you, man. God's so faithful. He, he, his word is true. I know that story and have so many countless stories to share, but it's fun when it's not necessarily coming out of the mouth of a pastor. I just said, yeah. I said, here's what I know. If God said it, he'll be faithful. And he said, yeah. He said, it's crazy. He said, we did that on a Friday. And he said, or he said that we did that that Sunday. And he said, what's wild is the Monday, we found out that at our kids' school, all the tuition is covered. All the tuition is covered now. And he said, guess what the amount was? I, I said, I don't know. He said, it's the exact same amount as we gave on Sunday. He said, it's like God knew. He invited us. He tested us. And then he moved. Now, what I can share is, it didn't always work that way for me. <laughs> But nonetheless, here's what I tell him. If the Lord is calling you to it, he will be faithful to you. It's one of the promises. It's, 
It's one of the blessings of God. And it's part of our spiritual DNA is that God would grow us, that God would lead us. I remember uh, author John Ortberg wrote a, great, uh, wrote a great book. Haven't read it, but I like the title, all right? If you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. If you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. 30 seconds. If you feel stuck in your faith, you got to get out. you got to get out of the boat. I don't care what it is. got to do something. You can't let it linger in your mind. It's got to go from a faith thought to a faith word. You've got to start speaking by faith, by victory, before you see the breakthrough, before you see the promise fulfilled. It happens here, then it's out of here, but you have to act on it. I don't know. I just felt led to write down a few things. And please, you know this isn't the normal Sunday message, but receive it and let it be as ridiculous as it sounds. Possible faith stepped prompts. If you're believing God for a house, this may seem minimal. This isn't me telling you to do it. I'm just saying there's something you can do right now. Go get your wife and you a key and put it on the dash of your car. And just every time you see that key, thank you, Lord, that at the right time, you're bringing a house. I thank you, God, that your promises are yes and amen. Now, here's what I'm not saying. (laughs) You just start collecting all sorts of items you want and put them on the dash of your car. No. (laughs) This is in relationship with the Lord. It's trusting him, and it's doing something in the moment. I've known, like I shared that story about children, I've known people to have got and put pictures. My pastor, when they were going through his um, first child, there was a rough pregnancy at first. And he, back then, the days were different. Magazines were a big deal. Nothing was digital. He'd cut up pictures, and he would just put pictures of babies all over his home. A little creepy, I'm not going to lie, but uh, (laughs) it was for him the step he needed to take. I didn't know him at the time, but he was like, yeah, I forgot one morning we were doing that. And he's like, I'm getting coffee. Whoa! You know, his wife had, because she was like, man, I'm not just going to think it. I'm not just going to say it. I need to see it. I need to take take ground by faith. I've known people. I'm not proposing this necessarily, but I am. I've known people that are going through a rough spot physically, but they know they've got a whisper from heaven. The Lord is going to heal and strengthen them. So they have a picture They have their screensaver as a future vacation spot. I just wanted to give you some permission that if you've ever felt those promptings, you're not crazy. Or if you are, it's the good kind of crazy. (laughs) It's ground that's taken by faith. It's an expectation of things not seen. But here's here's what I've noticed. It's like if it's in these pages, we're okay with it. But then if God wants to do it in me, it's ridiculous. Like, put yourself in Abraham's shoes, slow it down, and you're approaching your wife saying, hey, um, there's this promised land thing I can't shake. There's a good chance your spouse can be like, yeah, that's a little crazy. What I found is 
people can get consumed with knowing about God. But when we exercise these faith muscles, we begin to know God personally. Know the goodness and the kindness of God. We're not putting great demands because God owns and knows everything. But what we're doing is we're beginning to activate our faith. It's great if you've been praying for a home for six years. I love it. Keep it up. But what's a step of faith look like? Is it opening another bank account where you're starting to put the money down for a deposit? Is it helping somebody else buy their home, standing in faith that God's going to do it for you? I remember Andy Stanley at North Point Church. My pastor did the same thing. As they were believing God for a property, Andy Stanley met with the elders. The elders talked. They prayed about it for a season. And then they gave a large donation to a church down the road to help them step into their property. I mean, that, let's be honest. Accountants look at you, and th that's just stupid. You got to do it legally, okay? All of his elders were in unison, so he was doing it in the right way. But I think sometimes God's looking for a little stupid. We'll go erase that from the online um, message. But <laughs> God's asking, will you trust me? Will you hold on to my promise? Will you let me lead you forward? God can do great things. Sometimes I know there's been times in, in our finances. I, I always encourage people, you know, of course, the first step's the tithe. But um, by God's grace, Kelly and I both learned that, knew that. That's how we operated. But there's been times God's asked us to go above and beyond. And it doesn't look comfortable. It doesn't feel easy. We'll give, him a, <laughs> give ourselves a window of time to really pray it through. But can I tell you, there's no turning back. Because when we stepped out, God's met. When we stepped out, God's met. When we stepped out, sometimes God doesn't meet for a few years, and then he meets us. And we can look back that God's just looking, you know, for an open hand, an open heart. And can I tell you what I really want to get at as we close? Hebrews 11. At the end, the author talks of a promise. And the promise isn't the things I just mentioned. God's so good, he takes care of all that. But the promise is Jesus. And can I tell you, more than the prompts I just mentioned, it's the presence of Jesus. There's no comparison to knowing God, experiencing his presence in real time, his assurance in real time. His love in real time. Everything I just mentioned here, I wasn't trying to lie to you, share something false. It's not the real story. That other guy who I met, didn't even ask for his name, he asked for mine. Met him at JC. He saw me in Planet Fitness. God knew what my faith needed. God knew I needed a shot in the dark. God knew, Paul, I know it's a real hard season emotionally for you. Here's something stupid to do. But on the other side of that is great encouragement by my presence, great encouragement by my love. 
Here's what was really being spoken of in the coffee shop with the husband who said he started tithing. It wasn't God, God surprised us. He made it happen. No. Can I tell you? It was another level of relationship with God. It was another level of trust, another level of passion, another level of zeal, another level of hope, another level. I know their story that they would walk through some tremendous valleys, but they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt because of that moment, God was ever present help in time of need. Is it because he just gave them money? No. The money was an assurance that they are seen and known and loved by God. It's never about the tangible, but that's often how God just shows up, and it's often how he exercises our faith. It's our expression of trust in him. Amen.